0: Hey, welcome to NeuroDigest, your podcast by Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons Africa, with me, your host, Sylvia Muramuchaba, Dr. Akinsiku, where we learn, share, support, engage, and uh, just interact with persons with neurodevelopmental disabilities caregivers, parents, stakeholders, and also professionals so that we can light up some light on information and just hear of all the challenges, hear of all the successes and the triumphs and the things and the do's and the don'ts and the signs and the symptoms and everything about neurodiversity and neurodevelopmental disabilities. And um, this will be a very long session as we will be having deep conversations with different people from different parts of the continent and the world just to raise awareness as mentioned this is brought to you by andy speaks for special needs persons our our organization that champions for the inclusion and mainstreaming of neurodevelopmental disabilities in focus with education health social protection and we are hoping that we will be able to shed some light and kill the stigma that is associated with neurodiversity and at the same time demystify some of the myths that we have going around and uh, especially here in our continent of africa we have so many of those trust you me i have had so many stories as to why who has what? As a caregiver, I am a mother of three and two of my children are neurodiverse. We have baby A and baby B, both on the spectrum of autism, two very different individuals, both having learning challenges, both suffering from epilepsy. And uh, the last boy also has the extra bit of ADHD, which we... Are navigating, like I said, (laughs) navigating this journey is something that is quite interesting because every day there is something new that you just have to figure it out. So that's why we are here to have candid, honest conversations, caregivers to caregiver, caregiver to professional, how our days were, are, and the challenges that we face and how we feel, just to let it out because we never get to talk to people. And not many people really get to understand it, so it is a platform. Also, the neurodiverse individuals who want to at least come and shed some light, especially the verbal ones, we would really appreciate as the speaking as a caregiver, to just know how actually is it, what we see on the outside versus what is actually going on in your soul, in your mind, in your whole being, how the environment is actually factually, Hand, um making you feel you know just the full ping those are the conversations we want to have because trust you me um once one gets the diagnosis it feels like a moment of blankness like you see when in our memes when you get someone going quiet then all you can hear is the crickets in darkness that is how it feels the minute we get the diagnosis because personally that was the very first time i ever heard the word autism so uh we will be talking a lot about autism because well hey it's my specialty raising two and we'll be talking about convulsions we'll be talking about epilepsy challenges in learning schooling day-to-day life partners relationships you name it so this is your place for that just uh So first things first, what is autism spectrum disorder as we commonly call it, autism? So autism is an umbrella term that is used for developmental conditions that are marked by persistent ongoing challenges with social communication and interaction, as well as restricted and repetitive behavior patterns, interests and activities. Autism is normally related to challenges that range from mild to severe and always vary from person to person, I can tell you that for free. My two kids are like totally totally different. Uh, So everyone on the autism spectrum has their own unique challenges and different levels of of abilities and disabilities. And some of the characteristics that you will see in autism include language differences. This will involve delayed language, loss of words, uh, repeating words, which is called echolalia, and uh, uh, challenges that you might find a child can label pictures and, and... still struggles in saying what it is they want, yet they can actually call out the names of what it is. Pronoun errors, not knowing to say he, she, and even positioning, here, where, what, and also lack of and uh, a lot of using of gestures in place of um, language and um, for communication. That under languages. Then we have social differences, some of which are inconsistent use of um, eye contact, some might look at you in the eye, some might not. Some might partially look at you and other times not. Then you have uh, difficulties interacting with peers, uh, which um, varies also. They're more comfortable with people they're familiar with and also find it very difficult, especially just getting it and taking it off with strangers. And it takes time for them to just be okay with you around. So, And some may prefer also to play alone. When they're in their childhood and you put them where they're supposed to be playing with other children, they prefer to be alone and uh, just play with their own toys and things that they are comfortable with and familiar with. And they would also have challenges with conversations, like they are not interested. And uh, just, you know, when you're having language difficulties, having a conversation is really, really tasking or it becomes complex for them. And then we have repetitive actions, which um we call a lot of it most of the times you find that persons on the autism spectrum get to develop um, a way that calms them down when the environment is very, very overwhelming. So they tend to pick an action that they repeat or something they hang on to just or get so attached to, but it gives them comfort for them to be okay in the environment. So you'll find that they may insist on doing things the same way or and, and they really struggle with change. So you need to take your time to just when you're about to change something, introduce it way ahead and inform them and then just then do it and then expect uh, for them to have challenges and just be there for them at that point as they are transiting. Then um, you find that if they, you give a child a toy, they will play with that toy in a very, very, very specific way. Like if it's a car, they might either re- be riding it in reverse, moving it from the same one point to another, Then um, you find some of the things that we see is like arranging things in the same order. Like if it's their toys, they want it in a specific way, specific uh, colors following each other. And if you change it up, they really, really get agitated. So they like that things their way. So this is part of their obsessive behavior. And then we have um, the fact that they prefer specific toys. And um, this means... um, they might not want to go anywhere without like a teddy bear, a specific teddy bear. There is one. Maybe it is a blanket. Maybe it's. A, they always want to wear a specific color. They always wear. Want to have um, their shoes in a particular way. So there is just that attachment, and when you go back to now repetitive actions, more of it, for calming themselves, which we call steaming, uh, you find the the rocking, rock, rock bite their fingers, you know, or when they get too overwhelmed, they're those ones who get into self-injurious behavior, which is like banging your head, you know, they're those who throw themselves on the ground, which is um, that, just their, their way of uh, expressing their their dissatisfaction. And this is some of the behaviors that you will see. And then you might find your children walking on their toes or or just spinning around in circles or just pacing about so these are some of the things that you look out for when it comes to autism and then there is sensory differences of our five senses you find that some might be hyper and some might be hypo in terms of um, they might be too sensitive or might have such low sensitivity that it just feels like it does not exist like for example for my baby a his pain threshold is just so so high And um, he's the loudest screamer, yet when someone else makes noise, he will be saying it's making noise, yet... Number one, in screaming around the house, but he doesn't even hear it. And then um, we have uh, texture. They become very pity eaters. You find that there are some food textures they cannot tolerate. So try and be understanding and find an alternative replacement to get the same nutrition, but then give them something they're okay with. Then they will be sensitive to sound, as I said. So you might need to invest in earmuffs for those who are very sensitive to sound. So if you see your child closing their ears, just know that they are, they're very, very sensitive. The level of sensitivity also can be gauged if you go to an audiologist to check it out. And then um, there are things like shaving hair, washing hair, cutting nails, uh they just will not be comfortable. I know we have good days and bad days. Like that days, we'll be cool with going to the barber shop. Their days it's a whole fight of like half an hour to just get the hair cut. So for those ones, try and also make those consistent for such services as either time-wise and you tell them in advance that we're going to the barber. And when they are the barber, when you get there, let them know, this is the barber shop who wants you to look neat, so we're going to have to cut your hair, you know, so that they get to also understand why we're doing what we're doing to make it easier for them to just go through it. And so teach them, sometimes they might say no, which is okay. Uh, If you have a partially verbal or very verbal child, which is very, very okay and acceptable. When they say no, respect that and uh, just give them the time to process. Then there is the sensory of hand flap. Then there is the hand flapping, jumping and spinning and um, rocking, as I mentioned earlier. So this is just the entire spectrum. So for the diagnosis of autism, you find that the doctors will be looking at all these angles, the language difference, the social differences, repetitive actions, sensory differences. So as a parent, uh, also the milestones, we find that they might not achieve their milestones at the normal timelines that other children do, be it in speaking, be it in walking, steady of the neck control they fine motor skills, gross motor skills. Uh, motor skills are just generally the, moveme- the movement, you know, from when you want to reach out, when you coordinate, this is how I pick a clap. this is how I eat. So those are the things you look out for in a child to get to know um, if they're on the spectrum and if you suspect that you can see any of this. Then you can go and see the doctor to be able to give you a diagnosis. Developmental pediatricians are there. I have a And uh, we um, then move on to the other one, which is ADHD. ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is very common with um, childhoods and in childhood. And... Um, Over time, you can be able to regulate, you can be able to work around it. And, um, oh, trust you me, I'm still having first hand with this one and it it can really, really fluctuate. There is the dietary intervention that you look at. There is the behavior uh, and cognitive behavior therapy that you can also have to help with that. And um, for me, I find medication being... The last resort, where necessary, and if not very necessary, or rather, it's always advisable to just try and manage things until the point when, okay, well, we we need meds. That's my disclaimer, my personal view. But um yeah, it is something that you can use medication to help, and these medicines have to be very very prescribed, controlled, and uh, expect side effects. I'm attesting from experience, expect side effects. So before you get a diagnosis, well, before you get a medical prescription uh, from the doctor, please ask what side effects you uh, may experience because whew, yeah, it can, it can hit you bad if you're not mentally prepared for some of the side effects. So just know that and be ready for it. Then uh, we have Down syndrome is the other one that we'll be talking about which is also called as t- t- trisomy 21 which is a de- genetic disorder caused by the presence of all or part or a third copy of chromosome 21 and uh there are very many there are several characteristics in the physical growth of someone with down syndrome on their features which is either mild to um, moderate and severe and also it, it has some effect on intellectual abilities um, then the other thing when it comes to Down syndrome you really have to be very keen with the heart, with the senses, that is the eyes, have them checked out, have your echo done for the heart, uh have your ears of the child checked, just to be sure and in good time because chances of having a hole, hole in the heart are there which might require surgical intervention. So it's very good to just the minute you notice because the good thing with uh Down syndrome, okay I'm saying good thing because yeah, invisible disabilities can really be a struggle. Uh for, for Down syndrome, the physical features are there, the bridge on the nose, the the palm, the distance of the thumb, the foot, you have the the nose, you have the the eyes. Uh, slanting. So some of the signs and symptoms that you can actually see. And to get more information on these things, actually, you can go on onto our web portal, which is a device. uh, It's a web assistive device to help caregivers get more information. I'm just doing the introduction. So you can go on to www.specialneedsresourcehub.org. Let me say that again. www.specialneedsresourcehub.org dot special needs resource We have broken all this down. All the neurodevelopmental the disabilities, the diverse, the neurodiverse conditions, plus the comorbid conditions. Comorbid conditions are coexisting uh, conditions, illnesses that are actually go hand in hand with some of the neurodevelopmental disabilities. And it is important for you to know this so that you know how to balance and. How to handle it so that one is not affecting the other. Because most of the time, 80%, like for all of these major ones um SDA, ADHD, Down syndromes, and cerebral palsy, how you find there is the comorbid condition of epilepsy. So now let me dive into cerebral palsy. So, the CP is a disorder which um, you find abnormalities um, or damage in the baby's brain during infancy or early childhood permanently affecting their body movement and muscle coordination. So cerebral refers to the brain and palsy refers to physical disorders. So like autism, uh, CP has like five, I think it's five types, depending on which area of your brain is affected or during development. And uh, you find the abilities also vary and in severity, depending on uh, the same which which path so you will find those who it's only uh motor that is uh, affected either severely that they are on a wheelchair that they cannot feed by themselves and they don't have any coordination you can find those ones who can walk have uh, challenges a bit with talking and a bit of uh movement, but they are very functional no no intellectual challenges and they are able to think go to school and perform so you can read on more about uh cerebral palsy also on our web portal then we have epilepsy so there is a difference between convulsive disorder and epilepsy so when you when you notice and and convulsions are of two types there's febrile convulsions and then there is the convulsions that are just triggered by something else okay um like um The ones that become epileptic. So the difference of the two, which is just the magnetic uh, activities in the brain becoming a bit too much, then you get a fit. So if you have very high temperatures and it causes a fit or convulsion, that is called febrile convulsions. Then you have the other convulsions that just happen. Like maybe you had head trauma or maybe you have an illness and it just triggers convulsions. But then when you start getting very many convulsions that are not provoked, unprovoked convulsions, now that condition is what we call epilepsy. So with epilepsy, uh, you find it exists a lot with many of the convulsive disorders. And uh, I mean... (laughs) a lot with the neurodevelopmental disorders and yes it is a convulsive disorder so the one thing that I am very keen when it comes to epilepsy once you notice it of course consult the doctor and when it happens for all parents when it happens there are few key things you need to do as it happens get the person comfortable by turning them to the side making sure there is nothing Covering their face, their airwaves, they can breathe naturally and easily. There is no tension like tight clothes, uh, ETC. Give them freedom so that they can just fit, like the feet, the movements, the jacks that come with it are uh, on their own. Don't try to restrict them kindly. That is very dangerous. Don't put anything in their mouth. I know in Africa, there was when we were growing up, for sure, I remember being told, put a spoon in the mouth. Please do not. Put a spoon in someone's mouth when they're having a convulsion. Kindly do not. Two, also, you count the time from when they start getting a convulsion. And then once you make sure if it is above five minutes, the next thing you need to do is call an ambulance and get the person to the hospital as soon as possible. Because one thing you need to know when you're having convulsion, that means the oxygen levels are going low and it is not getting to the brain as sufficient as it's supposed to be. So it is endangering the person's life the more and the longer the convulsions take. After the convulsions, you need to make sure the person does not stand up immediately. They might just wake up by reflex and just want to stand up. Calm them down. Assure them they are okay. Make sure them you're there for them. Ask them how they're feeling because uh, when they fall, maybe their head would be injured. And, you know, just ask how they're feeling and let them be calm until when they regain consciousness fully and they can be stable enough and observe them. But now for our children... The other thing you watch out for when uh, they have a convulsion and then they either pass stool or they pee, please take them to the doctors. Please urgently take them to the doctors because that means that um, they need uh, medical attention. They might require uh, oxygen. So, yeah, that is epilepsy. And those are the key, key neurodevelopmental disabilities and disorders that we at Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons Africa champion for and want to raise awareness for so that we can have a better generation we can have early diagnosis and early intervention because early intervention is what will help us be able to support our children better so um That is it for today. It was just basically introducing you to NeuroDigest, your one-stop conversation, support, link, share, and engagement on matters neurodevelopmental disability and neurodiversity. So you can hit us up, send us a DM on our socials, Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons. We have a Facebook group, Andy Speaks for on Twitter. And this week's on IG and for our resource page so that you don't miss anything and you get enough tips of how to manage and how to link up with other people. Please do follow our special needs resource hub and go onto our web portal. There is more information about the conditions I have touched on in details, in depth and supportive. What do you do more on, on that? And uh, things you can do from home, things you can learn and manuals to help you with the same. For the caregivers, I hope this was beneficial for those who feel maybe they would like to be checked out or have suspected that maybe they could be on the spectrum, you know a bit more about it. I have been your host, Dr. Sylvia Moramo chabo Akinsiku, here on NeuroDigest. Until next time, ta-ta.